Welcome to I Can't Fucks With You, Confessions of an Uppity Black Woman, where I, Osado, walk you through all the things I no longer fucks with once I have fully accepted my role as an uppity black woman in America. And what is an uppity black woman, you may ask? A uppity black woman is a woman who has invested in herself, yet the world tells her she is nothing. The world wants her to behave as if she has not invested in herself. And she says, guess what? I can't fucks with this no more. So if you are an uppity black woman or you are curious as to what uppity black women think about, this show is for you. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Once I've confirmed my status as an uppity black woman, right? Like fully embraced what uppity black woman means to me, right? I can't fuck with you. I can't fuck with you. And that is the premise of this show. Shit I can't fuck with now that I have fully accepted what an uppity black woman is. And that bitch is me, right? So when I'm saying uppity black woman, understand the image that has been put out there about what the black woman is. It's so one dimensional, right? All based on a specific avatar, right? So these are the avatars that we have and the ones that we are familiar with. The ones that you see on the television, the one that you see in the movies, right? The one that's talked about in the news reports. All right. So let's, let's go through the avatars. Avatars, number one is the project queen, right? You already know who that is. She's from the projects, quotation marks, the ghetto, right? So she got her door knockers on. She lives in the hood, right? Like, and hood is generational, right? She identifies as a black American and she's on food stamps. She got a couple kids by a couple baby daddies, right? That's the avatar, right? Talk about the bitch on the television. She had the social services office feeding her baby's Kool-Aid, right? Okay. Hmm, bullshit. Next, right? So you got that shit. Then you have the other avatar of like the hardworking blue collar black chick, right? So this is usually a island girl, could still be a woman that identifies as black American, right? And she has a solid job, right? And that solid job, meaning she's held a steady job, Certainly making more than minimum wage. So she is like a a medical assistant, right? So she's a phlebotomist or she could be a PCA, personal care attendant. She is a grocery store cashier, but has been working in that role for a little while. So she's making a, you know, quotation marks, a decent paycheck. She may or may not live on her own, right? And when I'm saying living on her own, has her own apartment, right? That she's paying for because uh, she's just, just a smidge below being able to take care of all that shit on her own, but she's doing it, right? She handles her business, but she needs a little help. Needs a little help. Just a little, not a lot. Okay, so we got that chick, right? Then we get the next level up. We got office chick now, right? We got the office chick. Not quite a degree, bitch, but she got a job in the office, right? She got little cute clothes. You see her on the subway. She got her little bag and shit, right? She going to her office job. She's the office receptionist or she's a hostess. 
You know, so she looks cute. She got a little change in her pocket. She get a nice coach bag, right? And when she got them, when she, when she gather her little ducats, right, she going to buy her Balenciaga, right? Because she going to save up that money for that Balenciaga. So she a little level up. She gets her hair done. She gets her nails done. Chick looks good, right? She got her little boyfriend. And you see this chick on the subway too. You know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Now you got that next level chick. This is a degreed bitch, right? She got a bachelor's, right? Maybe a first generation. You know, she's making a good $70,000, $80,000. Like, she has transformed. Like, she's gone to the next level for her family, right? Because everybody in her family, no one has gotten a college degree, right? So is that sister girl, right? And so she's doing it, right? And you, you, when you see her walk by, you do the salute. You're like, I see you, girl. I see you. I see you. Then you got that next level check, right? This bitch got multiple degrees, at least two. So she got a bachelor, she got a, a master's and something else. This chick is making six figures, right? She's handling her fucking business, right? And she's moving on up. She sees like where she can go, right? And so right now she's trying to get to that next level shit, right? In terms of like her lifestyle, right? Like she wants to ball up, but she's not quite there yet, right? She want to ball out. She's getting there. She sees what it takes to get there. And she's like, Sign me up, right? Then you got the other chick. She could afford to boil out. She got the house, the car, right? She takes the trips, right? She get Botox. That's me, guys. You know, she's, she's seen that shit, right? She's reached a place where she's often the only black person in the room, right? She's held those positions, be it she's a partner, she's a senior vice president, she's a chief something, 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 Right? That bitch, right? And then after that bitch, you got that, you know, she's making like, she's a seven-figure chick, right? Like seven-figure chick, like ball the fuck out. Like, you're like, oh, that's that real bitch, right? Real bitch, right? (laughs) Then after that, you got Beyonce and Oprah, right? So this is, those are the avatars they give us. They're like, pick one of those. That's who you are. But the crazy thing is, we know our asses are not one-dimensional. I know my ass is not one-dimensional. In the least. Like, my story is so crazy, but it, it it's who I am. So I bring all of that shit to the table, right? Like, I am Nigerian, right? I'm Nigerian. I'm an immigrant, right? My parents came to the U.S. when I was a baby. See what I'm saying? So I grew up in a Nigerian household in East Flatbush, Brooklyn. So I'm a hood chick too. And if you know East Flatbush, that shit is all West Indians. And West Indians will murder your ass. You see what I'm saying? I went to grade school with all fucking Haitians and Jamaicans. Okay? So I'm that bitch. Right? I'm East Flatbush bitch. Right? But I also went to fucking prep school in fucking Connecticut. I went to boarding school. So I'm also fucking preppy as shit. Okay? Right? I'm preppy as hell. Fuck a J. Crew roll neck sweater shit. Right? I played fucking field hockey. Okay? Right? I went to college in New England. I went to college in fucking Boston. Okay? So I'm that bitch. I'm that bitch too. But I also lived on a fucking refugee camp doing my master's thesis. Okay? Lived in the way back of the fucking camp. Okay? With the fucking child soldiers. It was awful. I was like, I am too cute for this. And this jacket is way too expensive. For me to be sitting here literally in some shit. Like, I had to used to jump over, like, raw sewage. Mm-mm, mm-mm. 
not for me, people. But I've also worked in like, you know, rural parts of North Carolina doing HIV test counseling and education. I've worked on fucking Lexington Avenue in New York City and doing the whole white shoe law firm bullshit, right? I've been the chief whatever, whatever, right? Of a multi-state fucking provider group. Like I've done all that shit. And you want to pigeonhole me in some shit, right? Because that's the avatar you see and that's the avatar you understand but you're not willing to give me like to be a multidimensional woman, you know, like, so that that's the part that kills me as an uppity black woman, right? Because, because we're only allowed to be one dimensional, particularly in these white spaces, like only in these white spaces, you're only allowed to be one dimensional. That is the reason why when you move up the ladder in these white spaces, you only see one type of black person, one type of black person. Right. And so when you start to become that one type of black person in the room, you have to start asking yourself, why am I always only the only black person? There's something about you because they know you're going to bend and shape to what they want. You are that type of black person that they know you're not going to make waves. You can't be multidimensional. And that's the killer. We can't bring our whole selves to the table because we know bringing our whole selves to the table means what? Possibility you're going to lose your job. Poss- All of a sudden, they loved you on Monday. Fuck you on Tuesday, right? Because you asked the question. They didn't like how you asked it, though. You came to work with your hair natural. They're like, oh, 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 oh that's, that's a bit unsightly. Like, you can't be multidimensional. So I'm just in that mindset right now. Fuck all that. Fuck all that. Like, if you don't like me, if you don't love me the way that I am in my multidimensional space, fuck you. Why do I have to limit, squeeze, bend, pretzel myself for other people's comfort? Like if I want to be hood, <laughs> you know, the other day I was just in a, in a mood. I was in a hood, ghetto, Brooklyn, just vibe. So it was just Jay-Z all day. It was just Jay-Z. I was like, yeah, Jay-Z, I need, I need an injection, right? <laughs> and so it was just Jay-Z on blast all day, all day. All day. And that's me. Other days, it's like, you know, I want to listen to Sarah McLaughlin because, like, she's so emo. She's so emo. I listen to Nirvana. Love me some Nirvana. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing. Like, we got to let Black women be. We are multidimensional creatures in these one-dimensional spaces and the shit don't fit. So stop trying to make it fit. Woman, I want to see your hood shit. Show me your hood shit, because that's the real shit. And that's the shit I love. That's the shit I connect with. So let's start unpretzeling ourselves. Let's stand up straight. This is when and how we begin to reach the full promise of our lives. In this next segment, we're going to discuss why in a one-dimensional world, a multi-dimensional Black woman cannot fucks with White women, parenthetical, as opposed to women who happen to be white. When I think about the women who are white in my life versus white women, I don't fuck with white women. And the reason I don't fuck with white women is that there is not a willingness by them to give shit up. 
All right. And so what do I mean by that? So there is a distinction between a white woman and a woman who happens to be white. I don't fuck with white women. Right. I I don't fuck with them. Right. Women who happen to be white. And there are several in my life that love me as a woman, love me as a human being, love me as a black woman, love me because they know that if I'm not good, they're not good. If I'm not good, their kids are not good. Right. Because they see the interconnectedness in our struggle as women. Right. Because really, at the end of the day, the problem with this world is the patriarchy. Right. And women who happen to be white understand this wholeheartedly. Right. So they're going to look out for me. They can be an ally because they're like, damn, if Osado shit is fucked up, my shit is fucked up, too. Right. Because it comes down to the patriarchy. We're connected by this concept of womanism and that our society is that we are oppressed as women, whether the people want to admit it or not. It all comes down to patriarchy. Then it is white supremacy. Right. White women, on the other hand, they don't see the interconnectedness of us being women, of us being humans, that if Osaro is not okay, you too are not okay. Your kids are not okay because their issue is not womanism. Their issue is that they want to be seen as white men. They want to be on par with white men. So they're fighting to be CEO. They're fighting to be partner. They're fighting to be, you know, part of whatever ABCD club, right? That is their battle. And they've never experienced discomfort. So they're not willing to give up anything. So they experience a little bit of discomfort. So I could also sit at the table. There's not a willingness for them to give it up, right? A woman who happens to be white, when I do the assessment of the women who happen to be white in my life, I find two very interesting characteristics. Because I had to sit down with this because I'm like, I don't fuck with white bitches. But I have a handful of women who happen to be white in my life that love me, that I pick up the phone, that we do check-ins. Like, these are my homegirls, right? So when I did the analysis, this is what popped out at me. The women who happen to be white in my life that I love, Two things. They've either spent a significant amount of time abroad in their lives, either through university or this is where they grew up. Their parents worked abroad. Right. And so they they grew up in different countries. Right. So they've been othered in their lives. So they understand what it means to be othered, to be an outsider. And they know how uncomfortable That is. They know how unwelcoming that is. They know how limiting that is because you can't be you when you be another. Right. So they carry that with them. Right. So they can understand my struggle because they've been through it, too. Right. So there is an interconnectedness there. The other characteristics. Right. So it's one or two characteristics. There was a point in their lives, either as children or as young adults or as adults, that they experienced the need to utilize social services or they had an experience that one would classify as being less privileged, right? So they're raised by a single mother or they had unexpected single motherhood themselves, right? So all of a sudden they had to go and get access to food stamps or they had to get on state health insurance, right? Medicaid is what I'm talking about, right? So they understand, like, the shit out here is real, right? So they understand, like, the availability of, like, support from your sisterhood, the availability of having to ask for help from your your local government, 
and going through that process, sitting in a social service office. Let me tell you something. When I did AmeriCorps, so if you are familiar with the Peace Corps, AmeriCorps is effectively Peace Corps in the United States, right? So I'm always like, charity begins at home. You don't need, your ass don't need to go to Africa, all right, to see some poor people. I did Peace Corps, I did AmeriCorps, excuse me, here in the U.S., in North Carolina, right? And I'm, the, the shit I done seen in North Carolina would curl your toenails, right? People living in housing that had no plumbing. I remember I had one client, pregnant, HIV positive, brilliant woman too, brilliant woman too, brilliant woman too, brilliant. She was a substance user, like just all of, check all the boxes. She had no indoor plumbing. The roof was caving in. They used to poop in buckets. You heard what I just said? Poop in buckets and throw it in the backyard. Okay, that was their plumbing, right? So you don't need to go abroad to see the shit. That's some real shit. This is, and this was in Salisbury, North Carolina, right? Um, so you don't have to go far to see that, right? All of that shit is right here. And so when I was doing Peace AmeriCorps, being able to see that with my own eyes, this is how people are living right here. Right. So that has been your experience. And and the reason that I was talking about AmeriCorps during that time, because you're I was doing AmeriCorps, um, part of the sort of the motto for AmeriCorps is live as the clients in which you serve, live as the population in which you're serving. Right. So AmeriCorps, you get a stipend. Right. Um, But it's also you can see with your own eyes. This is how people are living right here. Like I said, you don't need to go abroad. And the AmeriCorps program that I was a part of was called National AIDS Fund AmeriCorps. And in quotation marks, they were like the highest paid AmeriCorps like stipend people, right? So at that time, so I did AmeriCorps, that was 2003 to 2004. We got paid a stipend of 900 and something, $950, I want to say, right? Definitely less than a thousand, but it was like $900 a month. Right. And that's it. Right. So you're supposed to live, eat, do all the shit. Right. And so part of AmeriCorps, too, is like we want you to experience the people you serve live. So part of that uh, of AmeriCorps, we qualified my AmeriCorps cohort. We qualified for food stamps. So they wanted us to go through that whole process. Now, mind you now, at this time, girl. I have a degree from Boston University in biological anthropology. Right. My ass is not sitting up in those social services, but this was part of the program. This is part of the process. So for me to go to social services, I got to sit and wait, talk to the people. And they, they don't know jack shit about my biological anthropology degree from one of the top universities in America, right? And so the way that they would treat me, right? Like you ain't shit, right? So we had to go through that. We had to see that and experience that, right? Um, and I, I thank God for that experience, right? And I got my little food stamp card. And at that point in time, it already had transitioned to not being actual like that booklet. You know, if you're a person of a certain age, you understand food stamps, you know, was a book. At that time, they had already transitioned to a like debit card, right? And I remember going to, um, it was some organic store in North Carolina. It wasn't a Whole Foods, but something like this, right? And I bought like 
apples and organic chicken and because I've always eaten like that, always, right? And because that's what my parents bought as food, right? They, they bought fruits and vegetables, I'm about my meats and, you know, we ate good, right? And so bring all of that to the counter and I hand the woman my EBT card because that's what it's for. And the disdain she looked at me with, like, how dare you buy organic on EBT? Do you know what I mean? Like, because I was not deserving of it, right? And so all of those experiences are very eye-opening for me, sitting where I sit as a privileged Black woman, and I know that I am. And so the reason that I bring that up is if you're a white woman or woman who happens to be white that have had that experience, I could fuck with you, right? And you could fuck with me because you understand what it means to be other. But a white woman who has never experienced not having privilege, who, who her whole fight, her whole fight is so she could sit at the table with another white man and be seen as his equal? Me? She not thinking about me? Why would she make room for me? Her making room for me means there is a possibility that she ain't going to have no job. She's not willing to give that up. And I wish they would stop lying about it. I wish they would stop calling me their sister. Because I'm not. You don't see me as someone that is worthy of having a little bit of what you have. Not a lot. I just want a little bit of what you have. Because in your mind, giving me a little bit of what you have means that you need to be a little bit uncomfortable and there's a possibility I might get your job. Your bitches ain't ready to do that. And that, my friends, is the difference between a white woman and a woman who happens to be white. Sis, I love you. And until next time.